we just accept a government money as the rule. When it wasn't the rule, the government just changed the rules um, like 100 years ago, and it stayed that way. And now we accept that, you know, the government is the one that manages the money, uh, everybody's money. But it's super dangerous because it's a big temptation for them to use it for power, to inflate it, to debase it. You know, they just have control over it. Nobody now can grasp the idea of a money that doesn't come from the government. And even if we do, like crypto, most of it, it's still susceptible of the government grabbing it, overreaching it, stopping you from using it. Right, as long as it's on some third-party centralized exchange. Even if it's not, even if you manage to, you know, uh, make, do things with your uh, cryptocurrency uh, without using an exchange, what if the government one day just find companies that accept that, that coin as payment? Then you can use it, but you can't use it because nobody's going to accept it. Yeah. If yeah. they find it a way to justify it as a security thing for the country, because that's what they do. It's a health problem. It's a security problem. It's like we're stopping people from getting hurt. We're stopping terrorists. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Most of the times it's not. But they do it all the time and stupid people support it because they're afraid. You know, we do just see the government as a as a little father. Well, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the macro trend that's been happening is you get people that prefer to have the government sort of be the parent and step in and have more control than, say, 100 years ago. People didn't view the government the same way that we view the government Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. I mean, the country is very new. It is. It is. But at the same time, I think we're all we're all very soft and coddled in this mm-hmm. 21st generation mm-hmm. with Netflix and DoorDash and Zoom calls. You can kind of just you can kind of just hole up in your home or your apartment and just kind of not have to see people and food shows up at your door yeah. and you kind of remote into your job and only half work and half yeah. watch Netflix and yeah. you know it's like a weird society where I think people can go years without conflict if mm-hmm. they want to mm-hmm. without doing anything really hard yeah you know if they don't have to yeah you know if they're if it gets too cold you put the heat on if it gets too hot you put the ac on and you just stay very comfortable in this little tech bubble yeah you know in this uh all these comforts that we have and so if the government can aid you some comfort out of potential problems why not yeah yeah i mean just i mean imagine like how hard life would have been back before any technology without without computers without cars without the internet right. the wild wild west the, the the frontier the frontiersmen who came here and basically set up shop and they were dealing with bears and plagues and they had 20 kids because they need people they need people to take care of the farm yeah and half of them would die. Yeah. More than half would die. And life was short and very brutal. Yeah. You know, and so when you when you ask someone like that, if you were able to like freeze freeze one of them almost in a cryo sleep and wake them up today and, and ask them, you know, their, their, their opinions on government was very different. You know, government was just to basically secure our God-given rights. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these rights that aren't given to us from any person or any government. They're rights that we were given by God. And... The government's there to protect those rights. And so it's a government small, government's there to settle disputes and things like that. And then, and then you have 
over time, things get a lot more complicated and bloated and technologically advanced. And we kind of, we're slowly going towards like the Wally situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all just there sitting with these screens in front of us. We're all really bloated from all this food, you know, and, and slowly over time, we prefer safeties over freedom. Whereas before we preferred freedom over safety. Yeah. So I think that's a thing that it's, it really comes down to just that safety versus freedom debate. Mm -hmm. You know, me personally, I tend to lead towards more freedom over Mm -hmm. safety. Mm -hmm. Um, When you say, okay, well, would you want to be more safe? Let's say 20% more safe if you lost 20% more freedom, just as like a weird hypothetical abstract example, Mm -hmm. I would say, no, you know, I prefer freedom over safety. I value it. (laughs) No, I prefer freedom over safety. But there's a lot of people out there, friends of mine, people I respect, who would say the opposite. Yeah. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And I think the the more wally we become, you know, the more advanced and comfortable we become, we're just going to prefer safety. We're going to be like, like, I don't want to deal with this. Sounds stressful. Let me just go yeah. back into my little tech bubble. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to deal with this. Let the government figure this out. Yeah. But you it's know. not even, you're not even safer. You just have the illusion of being safe. Correct. Because th- it bothers me so much. I know, I know that nothing is going to change. And it's just human nature. But it bothers me so much that people think that life can be not life. You know, that you can be things that are uncomfortable naturally can be comfortable if you just do things differently so you go through like pain and rejection and a heartache and loss and that's just what life is life is not safe you get out of your house and you can die like at any point of anything you know there are people that slip and fall and die it's a ridiculous way to die but there's a lot of people that die like that you can get a cold and die but we keep living and that's just we accept this you know you drive your car you know that is a risk every time that we leave the car we've seen so many accidents on our street because we're right outside of a road and that's just you know with kids driving cars and then their cars get destroyed and they get like oh my gosh you know that they're on this very dangerous situation but it's a risk that you accept without even thinking before you go in your in your car somehow we have another part of our brain that thinks that if we just accept these these abuses or if we just change the rules we can eliminate all the dangers and live a safe life life is not safe you can't take these things out you can put makeup on them you know you can create the illusion that nothing is happening how the media portrays things and how you know you pay you pay for certain services and you pay for more taxes so the government will will provide you for things but you're paying the price in other things and and you're you're still living a bad situation but it's just you don't feel it as bad you're just creating an illusion that you have something that is not even possible to have no i i understand i think the could i could i sum up i don't want to put words in your mouth but can i sum up what you're saying to say that it's possible to over coddle a generation to try to remove all the safety issues possible that you almost create this sterile environment where someone's not able to develop in a natural way mm-hmm. and maybe then they view the government in kind of an unnatural way mm-hmm. and that creates a whole host of problems in society yeah, yeah. 
you know, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't think everyone's like that. I mm -hmm. think, you know, it, if you were to ask a uh, hundred random people in the state of Maryland where we are mm -hmm. versus a hundred random people in the state of Colorado versus Delaware versus California, you're going to start seeing these trends of people preferring more safety yeah. versus people preferring more freedom. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you and I are interested. A lot of people are interested. There's a mass migration happening domestically, but a lot of people are interested in moving. You know, they're thinking, you know, with the advent of these, these unprecedented mandates mm -hmm. with mask wearing and vaccination. It's like you want to go to the grocery store in California, you got to get a vaccine. Like if, yes. whatever you want to do in life, whether it's like make money or spend money or whatever, you need a vaccine for that, which yeah. is from a private company. Some people are like, wow, that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. You know, I get protecting the sick and elderly. I get protecting the predisposed. You know, I get these ideas of certain things, but, you know, to... Make it so, like, say someone's working 100% remote, they can't clock into their job in the yeah. privacy of their own home and yeah. collect a money, collect collect a paycheck for their family mm -hmm. unless they get a vaccine against their will. Right. You know, something there seems a little broken. And then it comes down to, okay, so which states made this a thing mm -hmm. and which ones fought it? Yeah. You know, and then it's okay. So maybe it doesn't make sense for someone who leans more on the freedom side saying, like, well, if this is going against what someone's personal beliefs, forget if it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. If it's going against someone's personal beliefs and the state made them do it anyway, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's not a good fit. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need to find a state that fits more of their belief system and things like that. And thankfully, in this country, we have the independent uh, situations uh, legislatively of, of a, I'm trying to find a way to describe it. We have governors. Each state is almost its little microcosm yes, within yes. the country. Yeah, you it's know? a federation. Right. And, and, and that's a great situation because now you can just like move into your little microcosm of like, I, I prefer the, the way that they run things here. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're talking about possibly moving uh, to a different state. Yeah. You know, and, and if someone maybe was living in Texas and they're like, well, no one's wearing masks and they're freaking out because they're like, I can't go outside with all these people who potentially could be unvaccinated and I don't want to breathe the same air as a Republican and yeah. th that bothers them. It's like, well, there's states for you yeah. where, you know, if you take your mask off, you'll go to jail. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's there's states that could could really benefit your value system. Yeah. You know, so that'll continue to happen. I think the mass migration will continue to happen. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's the solution to make everyone do the same thing, either prefer safety or prefer freedom. And you should just put this blanket over the country. Mm -hmm. I think these states should really be allowed to completely depart from whatever the federal government yes. says and, yeah. and operate independently. Yeah. You know, with a shared system of maybe military and that's it. Yeah. You know, shared military and that is it. And then yeah. the rest, they can operate as an independent country. Yeah. You know, because right now I don't want to see our country enter another civil war. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to see like this, this, this craziness continue that we are, where, you know, the, the media tells us basically to hate our neighbor. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what's happening now. Yes. Yes, it is. You know, and that's not productive. But I do think that we can we can reach this level of separation mm -hmm. where it's like, OK, everyone should take the 10 year shuffle. Mm -hmm. Give you 10 years to shuffle your family and everyone you care about to the state that meets your needs, mm -hmm. that meets your value system. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing. Right. Yeah. I'm very I'm very um, Anne Rand. Um, in, in that, that it's, it's really not about what the state doesn't allow me to, uh, uh, let, you know, uh, um, what is the state going to allow me to do is what's the state's going to stop me from doing. So it's just like, I want to be in a place that really doesn't give me anything, but doesn't stop me from building my own life. Because when it, 
when the state just doesn't allow me to live my life the way that I want and we're not harming anybody, we're not hurting anybody. It's just where you're taking the, the well-being of some people to transfer it to other people because that's what these mandates mean. You're harming people that some people can't take the vaccine. I know people that mm. can't take the vaccine. Immunocompromised doesn't or whatever. Matter. It doesn't matter for any of these companies. They just don't want to deal with it. Either you take it or you don't. So you're transferring their well-being to someone else who is freaking out for no freaking reason. You're saying one person's well-being is more valuable than another person's well-being. Well, for, for and, and with these rules. Not for me. It doesn't make any sense. But but with what these rules are doing, that's it. It's not creating anything. It's transferring it. Right. It's just like taxes. You know what? When the government offers you a free a free something, they are not giving you something. They you're giving them, and then they're giving it back to you. Right. It's it's a some some zero. It's actually a some negative. Uh, uh, situation because they take some for themselves for the people that work in the government. Blah, sure. blah, blah, they get paid with your money. So I don't I don't uh, really. I have the view of like being in a place where we can just live in peace. You know, I can take care of my business, you know, drink water and mind my business. So I, I, I view, um, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like just from the few sentences we've said so far, I would almost categorize your worldview as more free market mm -hmm. and libertarian. Um, well, liber it depends because libertarians are a little too much. Libertarians are almost like anarchists. And I do think of, a, well, mo okay, so there are a, a small group of extreme libertarians that don't want any state. And those are anarchists, but but most libertarians want a small state, a minimum state that yeah. takes care of security. Government's important, in my opinion. If I had to build everything from scratch, mm -hmm. I would have a government yeah, to yeah. maintain shared resources like roads and right. bridges and infrastructure. Right. And you've got to have a, a shared standard for those things. Right. You but know? it's it's the it's difficult to keep it small. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is, and it will grow as the population grows. Exactly. It has to. Exactly. You know, but I think it needs to be proportional as opposed to getting out of control. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be a checks and balances in place where you can't just have the government vote itself free things and, uh, and increase its own budget. And like you yeah. keep hearing about these things. And that's the thing, though. If you would start from scratch, you would create the country exactly how the country was created. And I, I would feel... create it on a Bitcoin standard. though. <laughs> Let's just make that clear. In 1776, like if you if you were to come back at that time, like, you know, they did their best with what they had. They had gold and they created a system backed by gold backed by gold and it worked it, it was backed by something real and it, it worked for hundreds of years but then you know the problem is as generations go by the new people don't know why those things were created so you start thinking like well why don't we create something like this it would help like you don't know why that thing is there and what is stopping it from happening so it's i feel like it's in my mind to be honest it's impossible to keep a country the way that it is you for can't. like a thousand years. And that's okay. That re In my mind, that really is okay. I know that right now we got taken off the gold standard mm -hmm. um, back in the 70s by Nixon, mm -hmm. you know, and, and even before that, yeah. you know, it was a problem because then they started lending out. Um, yeah, like in the, the first war. Oh, they, war, they, yeah. They got, they got out of it to finance the war. Well, yeah, and after basically after World War II, they had in the 50s the Bretton's Wood, Bretton Woods Conference yeah. where they pegged every international currency to the dollar yep. and the dollar was pegged to gold. Yep. 
And so then they had the exorbitant privilege of lending out their dollars to company countries right. and they would get goods and services in, re in return. Yeah. And they've been doing that. They've basically been uh, debasing the world's currency, yeah. every world currency to everybody's cost for a long time. And then, yeah. and then eventually in, in 1971, Nixon took, took us off the gold standard, which was screwing every single country in the world that was pegged to the dollar. Right. Cause now the dollar's not pegged to anything. Yeah. I was listening to that guy talk um from the Bit bitcoin standard and he was ta talking about how how uh, all the keynesian people uh, get it wrong and i never liked keynes from like as a as a well as john maynard keynes sounded like someone who's just so short-sighted he's thinking about the next day and he's yeah, not even spend. or maybe maybe he's just thinking like not even till lunch he's thinking <laughs> well what about right now what would make me happy right now almost like a kid who's like i want ice cream and soda every day <laughs> and it's like okay you know you can do that you know yeah. your birthday and it's fine but if you if you continue it past your birthday yeah, you die at 30 years <laughs> you'll be pre-diabetic and you'll be all like inflamed exactly. and you'll get all this heart problems it's like yeah you can, that's a way of life for and some then, people and then instead of solving that problem which is in you you start changing society around you to accommodate you like that's what that's what the government actually did with getting out of the gold standards they blamed the gold standard for all the, the uh, inflation that they had but it was because they they didn't obey the market rules right. they wanted to mess up with it the government intervened so much that they they alter the value of every every currency and at some point they couldn't keep up with it so they had to get out of it but and, and they blamed just like you know the gold standards what was awful that's why we got out of it but the government was awful it's that meme where there was some, that guy that shot the guy in the chair and then he looks at him and it's like he's blaming something but he's the problem i'll, I'll pull it up later but um What's interesting to me, what, something I think it, that's at the root of this that I don't think a lot of people understand, and I didn't understand until recently, is mm -hmm. that there's two types of taxes. There's the direct tax, which mm -hmm. is you know sales tax, federal tax, state tax, like all those line items you see on your on your paycheck on mm -hmm. where some of your basically a third of your money goes, and it, mm -hmm. it funds all kinds of things from social programs to Medicare and Medicaid to social security and roads and bridges and military you name it but then there's that sneaky tax that like indirect tax that yeah. not a whole lot of people think about yeah i certainly didn't and that tax is so much worse and more pervasive yes because it's not just taking dollars out of your savings account it's making it so your dollar is worth less the yes. dollar you have left over is worth less yeah and your purchasing power goes down everything becomes more expensive over time and you're not really sure why and you're yeah. like oh this just must be the inflation i've been hearing about or yeah you know and if you do think about it a little further you're like okay well i hear some people say that it's because the government's printing money yeah and the more money they print it, it sort of dilutes the currency over time and and that might be as far as people think yeah but it's so much more sinister than that and yeah. it's so much more pervasive mm -hmm. and it's affecting every facet of our government yeah and it's not a new problem no it's a problem that's been happening for thousands of years yes hundreds of civilizations it's a temptation to our nature it's right just that's why i was like it's so bizarre to me to think that we're a tiny tiny part of history and when you think about life, it's almost like we think about us as the most evolved beings. We're just beings. We're just like a tiny bit that, you know, in a few years will be gone. And then some someone is going to read a book about us one day and we're going to sound exactly like people that we read in the books that we have now, like from a thousand yeah. years ago. I mean, we got Tinder and we got DoorDash, <laughs> but we're the same human. We behave the same. Yeah. So all the temptations that, you know, the 
Roman Empire had. We have it too, but we have more technology with it. Same humans. We can just speed it up a little faster because we got the internet. <laughs> but it's it's like it's bizarre to think that nobody really knows history. Mostly history that really matters to you. We focus on history that doesn't well, matter. It's not to us. taught. Who who you never hear about the Federal Reserve in school. Like I was in private school, you were in public school. Mm-hmm. Neither of us heard mm-hmm. about the Federal Reserve. The way that inflation works, we never, mm-hmm. we didn't hear about how the central banking system happened. We yeah. didn't the Bretton Woods conference getting off the gold standard. I mean, we we see them talking about inflation every day. But if I call my mom right now, she watches the news every day. Like in Brazil, when I ask her, like, what is inflation? She can't tell me. Most people can't. Exactly. You know, it's Henry Ford who is saying, if anyone actually understood. Mm-hmm. the central banking system in the United States, there'd be a riot tomorrow. Yeah. It's a really big deal and it's a bad problem and it's slowly chipping away. <laughs> Bless you. Amen. Chipping away at our immune systems. <laughs> it's chipping away at my immune It stresses me out. <laughs> you know, and I'm here like thinking, well, you know, before I really looked into this, mm-hmm. I was thinking the answer is just to save as much as you can every paycheck mm-hmm. and keep saving it. Mm-hmm. In dollars, just in your savings account. Mm-hmm. And when you get a big enough amount, you can be like, okay, I can live the rest of my life on these savings. And then you retire, mm-hmm. you know, and that most of the time that happens to people between the ages of like 65 to 70, kind of in there. Right. You know, they, they just, they hurt, they're hitting their sixties or seventies and they're like, okay, I've been saving my whole career and it's time to retire. Mm-hmm. The problem is, especially just recently with um, all of this uh, fiscal expansion that we've been seeing and all the money printing and handing out checks to people like you get a check you get a check (laughs) you know and so now we all have all this cash and so that created such an influx of inflation Mm -hmm. so much so that now if you were to truly save all of your money in dollars Mm -hmm. by the time that you retire it's going to be worth just a fraction yeah. of what it was worth right it'll be right. the same number of dollars exactly but it can't afford the same amount of things no like let's say you know you could buy a loaf of bread for five dollars now if a loaf of bread is twenty dollars yep. you know you've reduced the purchasing power by 75 percent yep it's a really big deal yeah yeah um so that's why uh, um people that buy assets don't actually lose their wealth because a house will go up with inflation. See, that that's interesting. It's like people who own things mm-hmm. will actually make out so much better in an inflationary environment. Exactly. You own stocks, bonds, real estate. Well, not bonds, but <laughs> stocks and real estate, mm-hmm. cryptocurrency. All the assets that you can own, mm-hmm. they'll appreciate over time and they'll match with inflation. Right. Even gold. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you just keep your money in dollars, eventually that's going to waste away and right. not be worth much. Right. So it's like the haves and the haves not. It's a very, I think about it all the time, you know, it's a very complicated uh, principle to teach people that, you know, want the government to help others because all these programs that, you know, printing money to afford um, um, the infrastructure bill, which has nothing to do, almost nothing to do with infrastructure. infrastructure. Yeah. And, you know, the, the checks that they gave during COVID, because they closed the business, so they had to give money to they people. They forced them to close. Exactly. And some of them would never reopen. A lot of them never reopened. I think it was, um, when we looked it up, it was something like, I don't want to misspeak. Yeah, it was a lot. I think it was more than half it was, of the I, new business. I wanted to say 60% of small yeah. businesses permanently closed. Yeah. I mean, some of our, we talked about this on the podcast before, like one of our favorite places to eat closed permanently. And 
and so many people that imagine how much money they put into that and they don't want to check from the government they just want to make their own wealth but you know never mind i digress people that defend this kind of thing like oh people need help so the government should help them it's very complicated to to understand the whole the whole line of it like oh they have if they give you money that money is going to be worth less than if you actually make wealth because they're not creating wealth they are diluting it and then you know if it's the same if they make um 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 banks give you loan for things and then the prices will go up because people know that they can charge more for a money that is easy to get same thing with college education when they decided to start exactly. subsidizing that and saying every single college major now mm -hmm. must be loaned out for student loan by a bank so whether you're an engineer and a bank looks at you and says, well, he's probably going to get a good job and pay me back so that the bank doesn't have a problem loaning to an engineer. Mm -hmm. Now you have someone who wants to get a degree in gender studies mm -hmm. and a bank can't, a bank cannot discriminate with the new laws saying, mm -hmm. you know, well, this gender study degree doesn't necessarily turn into a job a lot of the time. Yes. And so I don't feel safe lending out this money. The government says, no, no, it mm -hmm. steps oversteps the free market yeah. and says, you have to loan to that because if you don't, you're discriminating against certain majors. Right. And so once they did that, college education skyrocketed. Yeah. It skyrocketed. Now it's like 20 times nobody what it was 40 it. years ago. Like nobody can afford it. No. It's and now ridiculous. we're all wondering, like, what are we going to do? And of course, all the millennials are thinking, well, why don't they just cancel student loans? Exactly. So this kind of thing freaks me out because it's like, well, see... The problem happened because you tried to do this. No, that's the thing is most people don't, like you said, uh, younger people, they grow up seeing things as a reality. It's yeah. like they grew up, they grow up in an hour and a half into a two hour movie, mm -hmm. you know, and they just see a situation yes. and they're like, well, this is bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, this is clearly the answer. It's like, well, if you watch the whole movie from the beginning, yeah. you would realize what you're suggesting was the root cause of why things happen. <laughs> exactly. And so if you try to explain to them that we need tighter fiscal policy and more mm -hmm. conservative fiscal agendas, right. they're going to be like, well, that sucks. They're going right. to say, that sounds like it's painful. Yeah. That sounds like it's not going to be good for me. Right. That doesn't sound fair to me. Yeah. And the answer to all three of those is yes, it yeah. is not fair and yes. it will be hard and it's yes. tough. Yeah. But it's the only way yeah. to reverse where we're going. I don't think it's going to happen. I really yeah. don't. The Fed is stuck. They can't raise interest rates enough to stop or slow down inflation to a meaningful amount because if yeah. they do, they can't pay off their debt, which right now has climbed to $30 trillion. $30 trillion. You can't. I can't even write that number you down. You can't imagine. No one can fisc like just actually imagine how much money that is, but it's so much money mm -hmm. just increasing the interest rate by a few points. Mm-hmm. You know, boom, you can't afford your own interest on your own country and you would have to default on your own debt and we'd lose the central reserve currency status, which would completely topple our country. So they can't do that mm -hmm. and they can't lower interest rates enough because then people would be loaning out too much and free money would be way too cheap. Yep. And then you would get inflation that would run away. They call it runaway inflation. You would get hyperinflation, mm -hmm. just like all these countries happening around us right now. Yeah. They're getting hyperinflation and people would revolt against their government. Yeah, it's not fun. So they're, they're, they're treading this dangerous line and it's, it's kind of insane. And yeah. I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse mm -hmm. over time. I think they're going to do everything they can to try to like slow it down and try to, you know, 
control the press and say it's not that big of a deal and it was transitory inflation yeah. you know it's not a big deal guys it's only just transitory it's like well what is transitory mean? Yeah, it's been like two years like well maybe it's here to stay well that's what they've been saying work. recently like well now we think it's more sticky inflation this we call it sticky inflation i'm like why are you just t- just say it's inflation you know <laughs> sticky inflation is going to stick around for a while yeah you know i think it's going to be around for a while and i think it, it not to give anyone financial advice, but I think the best thing to do right now is to own assets. Yeah, I mean, the best thing to do at any time is to own assets. Yeah, like if true. You, because you can't hold... When when I... You know, now that we talk a lot, um, a lot about, you know, how money evolved, if you think about the concept of accumulating wealth, like you need to... You can't really... You have to accumulate something that is valuable. But valuable things change. Like, you know, a, a metal changed its value over time. Depending, depending on what the market decides it's exactly. worth. Exactly. And, you know, a currency changes values. And so many things that might be valuable right now might not be valuable in 100 years. So how do you actually accumulate what you have? It's a very complicated concept. It is. And, and the thing is, the best answer is to accumulate assets that are proven over time like a house hold it like a house. everyone needs a house exactly. 100 years from now everyone's gonna still need a house exactly and you can't create more land and you could say gold's important it's been valuable for thousands of years because you can't create more of it i mean you can mine it but it's it's, it's very difficult to get out of the ground they've exactly. actually gotten out a lot of the you would call it quote unquote easy to get out of the ground gold mm-hmm. now they have these boreholes basically that go miles into the ground Mm -hmm. it's insane Mm -hmm. gold is so far away Mm -hmm. from where people can get it today Mm -hmm. it is incredibly difficult to get it if gold were to the i think the value of gold right now is eighteen hundred dollars an ounce or nineteen hundred wow kind of around there if it was less than that if it dropped down to a thousand it would no longer be profitable to mine it which would make it more scarce which would make the price go back up yeah so it can't go below a certain level yeah and if it got too profitable more people would want it you know and then they would be willing to pay more but 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 or pay you, less you don't have more more stock of it right so it would never f- really fall unless someone decided that it was not valuable anymore but nobody's going to decide it's not valuable anymore because you know it's scarce and it's it's used in a lot of industry it's used yeah. in aerospace industry dentistry it's used in medical it's used in a lot of electronics I most mean, i mean it doesn't corrode which makes yeah. it very very valuable for high-tech um applications yeah like, Even if if you're just if like in a crazy future, people would just the only people that had gold with like crazy rich people that had like, you know, jewelry and gold things in their house just just as a collection, you know, look at the gold that I have that nobody else has. Like it's it's still going to be a very, very valuable rare thing. Yes. Um, isn't it crazy that in, in the 70s, uh, an ounce of gold was 25 bucks? That's insane. And now it's 1800 that's insane. Yeah. And a lot of people are thinking it should be much higher than that with the rate of inflation. If you track it with inflation, mm-hmm. you know, inflation's much higher than the price of gold. So some people think it has to only where to go but up. Mm-hmm. But uh, gold, real estate, stocks, which is basically owning a share of a company. Yeah. You know, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. There's, there will be corrections and crashes, but I think over the long run, it makes yeah. sense. Over the long run. And, and don't. 
don't check it too much. No, yeah, you want to basically put it away and never look at it. Because if you look at it too much, and then let's say the stock market corrects 50%, you're going to be like, I lost half my money, I want to sell. Yeah. You know, sell before I lose all of it. Yeah. That's the worst possible time you could be selling. Mm -hmm. Because if you wait out, it could take 10, 20, it could take 25 years, but eventually that'll go back up. Mm -hmm. Over any 20, any 10 year period, the stock market goes up an average of about 10%. Mm -hmm. Or over every year, Mm -hmm. over any 10 year period. But ever over one year period is 10% growth. Yeah. So, you know, um, interesting stuff. Yeah. How did we start talking about this? We were talking about um, government freezing bank accounts. Oh, yeah. You know, and then now they're like, okay, well, let's let's try donating cryptocurrency because... And then they froze the... They froze the exchanges. Yeah. And so they can freeze the exchanges. There is a way to transfer your cryptocurrency peer-to-peer without an exchange. Yeah. Um, I don't know how difficult that would be to crowdsource. Something yeah. like that. You would have to give your Bitcoin address, um, which is public. That's public. No one can do anything with that. They would need your private key to take your money. Mm-hmm. But you give your public Bitcoin address. It's almost like your email address. Mm-hmm. And you would have to trust that individual basically to think that this person can distribute the funds. And then he would have to set up cryptocurrency accounts locally on someone's desktop without the internet, or I'm sorry, without a, without a centralized exchange for all the individual truckers. And then he would have to directly transfer them one at a time. Um, Coinbase would certainly make it easier. One of these centralized exchanges, but those can be frozen by the government. Yeah. There's a clear answer here. And I mean, I really think we're in the early stages of this. Yeah. We're, we're in the super it's early very stages. People thought, people thought the internet was going to be really dumb and impractical. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this isn't going anywhere. It's like people who said portable music wasn't going to be a thing because you'd run out of battery. Mm. You know, they're like, this isn't practical, like battery technology. And people aren't going to have like the thing. Now, of course, we know that was dumb mm-hmm. because battery technology improved. And now you have laptops and you have all these different technologies and stuff like that. Right. But I think the same thing is true right now with cryptocurrency. They're like, well, it can't work because the government it's just going to freeze your bank account or yeah. freeze. It's like, well, yeah, but they froze the exchanges. So they created a better technology. And yeah, I mean, my um, summer dream, you know, like if if I could have like any fantasy coming to life would be a money that the, the government can't control. But it's a practical thing, like because we're on the, the first stages of it, like you just say. So uh, uh, crypto is not practical right now like yeah, it's there, not there's easy a lot to, of concerns there's so many concerns there's so much prob- problems that haven't been solved there's so many people that don't know about it so it's very small and it's not treated as money it's treated as acid so my 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 dream because if people understood how bad the government is in managing money and it's not new and it doesn't depend on the party like every government sucks at managing money and it kind of like is um i i heard someone saying this the other day it's like we have to remember that um you know the government usually makes the problem worse than Mm -hmm. than actually solves them it doesn't matter what it is you know the the market is very it's uh it's very difficult to think basically impossible to think about something that the government can provide that the market can't provide better but we have this thing you know that so many people think that it's a good idea to let the government deal with stuff, I think, because it's convenient, because it's there. But they really, really mess up everybody's savings, everybody's lives. Um, you know, every every single choice that we make from the what 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 grade, what what um, uh, major you're going to take, how much is that going to cost or what jobs are available to you? 
the government can mess that up by just being big. I think, can I, can I sum up everything you've said and tell <laughs> me if this is putting <laughs> words in your mouth? Yeah. But just to drive all of what you just said home, I think what happens inevitably with any democracy, with any group of people creating a government, is that eventually over time, the, the will of the people is no longer represented by their government. Right. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, of course, with dictators, that's obvious. You mm-hmm. get the people under Kim Jong-un, they're not, they have no choice. You know, they have to live a certain way. But in a democracy, it should be sharing the vote among all of the citizens. Mm-hmm. And that rolls up to representatives with roll up to the president and everything that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that that's the way it should work. Yeah, it can only work if the government is small, because the more issues you talk about, the more differences you're going to face. Like, it, for instance, we can all agree that we want police because police makes places safe. You want to be able to call and someone show up if you need help. Well, sure. So there, there's there's necessary parts of government. We both agree on that. Exactly. Like, but the, the more things I put, like, oh, I want police and I also want, you know, a, a therapy assistant if I need. So we have to hire people and give people money so they if they need therapy they need help with that because it's mental issues it's like well but how is that much gonna cost that's like more more taxes for people to pay and then you have a whole department and then you have something else and then something else and something the 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 bigger the government gets the more the harder it is for the government to actually represent its people because people are different so we can all agree on simple things but we can't agree on many things nobody can if you get 10 people in a room at some and ask them 10 questions at some point, they're going to say like, yeah, I think no. And some of well, them that's are like, why, well, I think yes. That's why you have the House. That's why you have the Senate. You right. know, you've got um, a majority rule, mm-hmm. you know, and most of the time it's not split down the middle. And so right. that's important. So, you know, six out of 10 people in the rule agree on something in the room. You know, you go with the six people. I get that. That's how democracy works. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is most people would, would agree that they don't want their money to be inflated. Anyone with savings, right? You know, which is a lot of people, and anyone that has, you know, a grocery bill that they have to pay, and internet, and all this, these different bills that they need to pay, and they're realizing these things are getting more expensive, mm-hmm. and their 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 pay isn't increasing in proportion to that. And if they were to if they were to basically vote and say, should we allow the government to inflate our dollar destroy it and basically reduce our purchasing power most people would vote against it yeah you know yeah. so but they do it anyway mm-hmm. and the way that they were able to do it, it's really brilliant in a sort of diabolical kind of way mm-hmm. is they created this central reserve they created the federal reserve mm-hmm. and the federal reserve is not federal and they don't have an actual reserve they're called the federal reserve because it used to be a reserve currency and they used to be backed by something but there is no reserve mm-hmm. you know it's all fractional reserve banking it's just lending out money mm-hmm. if people knew how that worked i don't think they would vote for it because it wouldn't vote in their best interests yes and i guess what i'm saying is over time eventually a government can go and not represent the people anymore and yeah. that's a problem but that that's that's why i made the point that that's why a big government can't do that anymore because you can't you can't check what the government is doing if the government is doing 275 things at the same time if they're responsible for all of that if they're responsible for our federal reserve that you don't even know what it is because the government is responsible for so many things that you can't possibly know everything that they're doing but if the government was responsible for five things then we could get to a, a um um how do you say like we an agreement and then you know the local governments deal with more things if you want them to 
or you could move like to Florida or Texas or California for Christ's sake. If you wanted the government up your ass, then you move there, you know, and you, you like those things. Like they provide you a bunch of things and it's a mess, but some people like it. And some people want, you know, the local government to just leave their own alone and you can find that. But the federal government deals with so many things today that they shouldn't have been dealing with. That's why we can't, we can't check, you know, what the federal reserve is doing or what, you know, the house of representatives are actually voting on when they vote on these bills. These bills have so many things in them. Nobody knows about, they don't tell us, they tell us that, you know, this is for helping people with COVID and this is for helping the, the roads. But there's like a hundred different things in there that have nothing to do with that, but we can't check because it's so many of them. So it's just like governments get big and bulky and the bigger and bulkier they get, the less representation there is because you can't possibly know what they're doing. Can I add to that to say that a government would not be able to get past a certain ceiling of bulkiness if it's staying within a very tight, open, transparent, mm -hmm. uh, fiscally conservative budget? Yeah. And that's only going to be possible on a non-fiat currency. Mm -hmm. So let's just say, for example, like ignore cryptocurrency, ignore Bitcoin. But if there was a non fiat currency mm -hmm. whatever it is it's just a, a currency that that can't be inflated mm -hmm. and it, it can't be messed with basically almost like gold yeah you know having a having a currency like that would keep the government smaller it would keep it more efficient they couldn't be putting a billion dollars here and a hundred million there into yeah. these random places yeah and anything they can't afford and the government, uh, the people still are asking for. They can't just print money and make it happen. Exactly. If they did that, they would stay very lean. They would have to, by design, no choice. Exactly. Stay lean. So I, for me, every time I hear these different things about like government not rep representing people, getting too big and bulky, you know, not enough representation. Eventually, I always loop back to the original problem of the currency, mm -hmm. and I think it really stems with that. Yeah. I think a bad currency infects the infects the government at every Everything. level. Exactly. It's it's um it's so interesting because I never really had thought about that until, you know, this week when you started talking to me about, you know, the currency and, and I started reading that book and uh, the author made a point to talk about the first war, the first global war. And he said how, when the war started in 1914, everybody thought there was going to be, you know, a weekend war, you know, it was going to end in a month. Quick. It was very local. So like it was the Austrians and, and the Germans, and, and that was it. Like, that was just, there was nobody else involved. But then suddenly the entire world got involved, and it's like, why the heck does that ha did that happen? And it lasted for four years. And it was a very violent war. In some ways, it was way more violent than the World War II. World War II was very cruel because you had, like, you know, one specific people that suffered for it and, and all the soldiers that fought in it. But that World War One, it was just everybody fighting against everybody for no reason. It was... um. It essentially was funded by fiat currency. Exactly. Stealing and from people's savings. Exactly. So he, he talked about, like, you know, most people that study history and the history of the wars overlook the the uh, influence that changed because that was the point where governments took their, their money out of, debased their money. That was the point where the government started. It was to fund wars. Exactly. 
because before they couldn't fund wars forever. No, you would basically it would be one country fighting against another country, uh-huh. and whoever run out of money ran out of money first would lose. Exactly. So it was like that's the end of the war. It doesn't matter if you want to keep fighting. It doesn't matter if you have like you know you, the pride of your country and you're gonna fight until you die. And it doesn't really matter. But then you had money printing. Exactly. And they were like, well, we're out of money, but we want a hundred million more bullets. And they're right. like, well, let's just print money, uh-huh. which dilutes our currency for our, our citizens. Yeah. Eventually, just taking and stealing from their savings, stealing from their right their buying power. And it happened so fast. But you know, again, like we said, people don't really know about it because it's not their decision. It's no. just the government decision, and they they did it, and they've done throughout history without people's consent. Nobody really knew what was going on. I think that's the key is it's without people's consent, which people are no longer being represented mm-hmm. in government. Mm-hmm. And that's where the red flag goes off in my brain. And I'm like, well, if people aren't being represented by their government, this isn't a democracy anymore. Mm-hmm. And we need to find a way to fix that. And right. if you look back thousands of years, as far as you want to look back, it's stories of these governments that pop up. They originally represent their people or don't. Mm-hmm. And eventually, human nature affects the money that they have, mm-hmm. and they start debasing their currency and having fiscally expansive policies that right. eventually reduce their currency into nothing, and the country implodes from the inside. Mm-hmm. And that's eventually what will happen. I mean, that's what the founding fathers said about this country. They couldn't see it happen going down from an outside force. They said the only way this country will fall is from the inside. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And eventually, that's what happens is the government gets big enough that people vote themselves free stuff, and then... The bottom falls out. And that's where we're going right now. So far, the dollar has lost 98% of its value since its inception. And in the past two years, the currency has been printed so rapidly that 40% of dollars in circulations were printed in just two years. Right. 40% of existing dollars were just printed out of thin air. Right. You know, that's a very, very big deal. And if people look at other countries, they're like, okay, yeah, we will eventually be like Myanmar, Germany. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll be like the Czech Republic. We'll be like... Just name that country in South America who's mm-hmm. just completely debased their currency. They have hyperinflation. Brazil, it's happened four times in the past 50 years. Mm-hmm. And th- it'll probably happen again. Mm-hmm. And this is just going to keep looping and looping and looping. And then all the people are, are just caught up in the mess. And right. most people are not taught this in school. I was never taught this. and You weren't. I haven't met a single person that was taught this kind of stuff in school. Yeah. I think that's by design. And I think <laughs> we need to have a solution. And the best thing that I've seen so far... It's not perfect, but the best thing I've seen so far as being a solution to this horrible cycle of crypto of fiat currency is cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's the solution for our time, right? Like it's it's a solution for our time, just because um, you know at, at different times you had access to different things and different resources, and right now we have the technology to create um, a, a way to save your wealth but it's very new it's very complicated it's very tricky not a lot of people know about it and the people that know about it don't know how it works so to make it like a mainstream thing it's probably gonna take some years but um you know so it did for um gold and so it did for so many other uh, um things that were used over time yeah and, and it's gonna be painful like whatever happens it's going to be really painful because basically it's almost like when you, like you said, you eat a bunch of junk food for years and you're very unhealthy. And now you have to go back to being healthy. 
there's no way to go back to being healthy without suffering. Like you have to there go to the gym. There will be a period of suffering. Exactly. And, and people need to understand that. That whatever we do, it doesn't really matter what the government or we as private citizens, citizens do. We are going to pay a huge price for all this inflation huge and all price. this debasing. And we're going to lose. You know, people are going to lose wealth. People Their are going jobs. to be stressed. We are going to pay for things in a way that we didn't think. It's just like we're past the Rubicon. It's like you you, you just realize you're at a party and you just realize you drank 10 drinks in an hour. <laughs> I don't know how you drink 10 drinks without realizing <laughs> it's like you realize, oh, crap, like yeah, I'm going to throw up basically. <laughs> yeah. And there's no way to avoid it. Yeah. You know, it's coming. It needs to happen. So the, the, the choice is when does it happen? Right. How bad is it going to be? And what do you want to do when that happens? Like what? I want to be near a toilet if I'm going to throw up. <laughs> You know, I don't know how you to... need to be like near a solution, basically. You know, you need to <laughs> find look, your toilet, find your toilet, find your financial toilet and stay there. For me, that's owning stocks. Yeah, that's owning gold and uh-huh. that's owning cryptocurrency. Yeah. Those are the three things that are the toilet for me because I'm like, this currency is going down to garbage. I want to be able to actually give my kids and grandkids wealth one day. Yeah. I want to retire well. Mm-hmm. And I also want to help pay for my kids school. Yeah. And hopefully if I'm uh, financially able to, I'd like to help my grandkids to to pay for their school. Like I just want to be able to fund their education so that they can make their own money. Yeah. But and nothing else. Exactly. I mean, it's just so expensive. (laughs) Just getting a degree is so incredibly expensive, especially when you go out of state, like you have a dream school and it's like literally one state over it immediately doubles in price. Yeah. Your education. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, This has been a talk mostly on the fiscal uh, policies of our country very random conversation about about and, uh, government money government money and its impact on civilization as a whole and the government itself and the importance of owning assets to prote- protect and preserve your wealth yeah find your toilet that is our message for hashtag the find your toilet <laughs> because the puke is coming <laughs> comment like subscribe <laughs>